Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, and with me as always is my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? It's a Sunday. I'm feeling good. I'm ready for this NFL draft coming up in a week. And with the given news, let's kind of do our own draft, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you guys haven't been watching us on Twitter, we've been doing a daily you know, draft pick uh, from sometime in March up until... Uh, today, uh, we do have a couple more picks we'll announce on Twitter, but we're also going to announce them on here today. So uh, we're basically going to break down why we made our picks. We made, there was a few trades uh, throughout this draft as well that we're going to talk about. We actually have the entire Fantasy Coaches team on here today, so I want to give you guys a, a big welcome. Uh, guys, thank you for all coming on. I appreciate everything you guys have been doing for this so far this year and for the last year that we've been on this. So uh, I'll let you guys one by one introduce yourselves and tell us where they can find you out on Twitter. I'll go. Um, my name's Ryan. Uh, my Twitter is at Ryan Taylor NV. Hey guys, Kevin here, Coach KBH. Jared Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Six. Two S's in Curtis. And this is Danny McCarthy. You can find me on Twitter at Top Tier Takes. Coming at you with the spiciest content around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, nothing but Jesse nothing Clark. but hot fire. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> uh, I'm Jesse Clark. I can be found on Twitter at jcrockett24. What's up, guys? Tyler. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's just uh, Tyler underscore Lancaster. There we go. And I believe that's – is that everyone? That's everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went through my list here. That's everyone, guys. So, yeah, um, if I can, you guys give them a follow, I'd truly appreciate it. They've been a great group uh, for the Fantasy Coaches podcast right now. So, but we're going to get right into what we're here to talk about today, and that's the NFL Draft. Uh, like I said, we did our own NFL mock draft of round one, a couple trades here. Everyone had different picks throughout this. Um, so we're going to start at number one here, and we had a trade. The Miami Dolphins traded with the Cincinnati Bengals. They gave up the fifth pick, the 18th pick, and a future 2021 first rounder. We have plenty, so it's okay. Uh, I was the Miami Dolphins, and I picked Joe Burrow. I traded up to get him. Uh, basically, my take on him is that he is the safest quarterback prospect in this class. I am a huge fan of Tua, but Joe Burrow, uh, true you know, leader on the field, true winner. You know, he's won the Heisman. He won a national championship. This guy can make all the throws in the game if he needs to. Someone who people can rally around. And for the Miami Dolphins needing a franchise quarterback in the worst way since Dan Marino, uh, I had to go up and you know, I spent a lot to get him, but I went and picked up Joe Burrow with the first overall pick um, at a LSU. so And then we go over to pick number two here, the Washington Redskins. Ryan, that was your pick. Why don't you tell us who is number two? Number two, quite obviously, is Chase Young. Um, There's really only one other option here is to trade down. You could say that they could have went to a, but I'm part of the let Haskins get a year uh, club, I guess you could say. Uh, Chase Young, he's a potentially i always like to add potentially because using the word generational talent is always kind of rubbed me the wrong way but potentially could be a generational talent doesn't have much downside and my favorite favorite sorry part about this pick is the fact that he'll be pairing up with jack del rio who um if you guys didn't know helped groom khalil mack involved von miller and to some extent so i think that's a match made in heaven definitely a no-brainer pick there ryan with washington love the pick there and then we go over to pick number three, the Detroit Lions, sitting there on the top of the draft board. And, Danny, that was your pick there. What direction did they go? It was the Lions actually wanted to trade down 
uh, Matt Patricia and the rest of the organization need to win this year, and they have a lot of stiff competition in that NFC North division to contend with. Um, while I don't see the Bears being big contenders this year, sorry Bears fans, I do think that the Packers and the Vikings are both going to be stout opponents, and uh, the uh, the Lions really wanted to trade back to try to garner a lot more defensive talent. We lost a lot of guys in free agency, um, but being that no one wanted to trade up to three, uh, the Lions went ahead and took uh, Jeff Okuda. I have him at number two on my big board. He's just got incredibly smooth footwork. His change of direction is unbeatable, uh, you know, incredible reactive athleticism and the guy is just long and fast and is everything that you want in a shutdown corner which with the receiver talent that is in that division you need it so uh lines went with jeff okuda at three no definitely I think he's the best player in the draft do, do you like him better than chase young well i think he's uh i i I just think in Second the passing league that you have now i just love the fact that he can he can really match up with a lot of Speedy guys, thick guys, uh, great route runners, and um, I don't know. He just buys you time to rush. I think Chase Young's a very, very close second. I, I think I, I like that take. Um, I will be interested to see if they put him closer to the line of scrimmage than a cornerback normally plays, or if they keep him more in that sort of is he a cornerback hybrid safety type of player. Yeah, because I can see him guarding guys like like Kelsey and some of those really up, you know athletic wide receiver or a tight end. So totally, I think it's really close between those two guys. About Ohio State was just stacked. Oh man. Yeah, like I said, love love the pick at number three. Would have preferred to trade back because of how deep the draft class is, but certainly uh, not mad at taking uh, you know a generational prospect like Okuda. No, definitely a pick that the Detroit Lions desperately need star talent to try to find a way to win this coming season, though. So definitely a great pick there. And now we're pick number four. Mr. Coach Jibs, you're on the clock here. Who, which direction are the Giants going? All right, I'm going to make this quick. Uh, Danny Dimes got beaten to a pulp last year. He had fumbling issues. Uh, one thing to fix that is stabilizing the offensive line. So that's why I took Alabama's Jerry Willis with the fourth overall selection so we can solidify that offensive line and we can make the skill weapons that the New York Giants have be able to catch passes given the time that Dan Giants has to make in the pocket with upgrade protection. Yeah, definitely love that pick as well. Um, as you know, like I said, guys talk about Daniel Jones, you know, you know, sacked, fumbling issues this past season. This guy needs more time in the pocket or he's just going to continue with these mental errors that the Giants can't afford uh, right now in this franchise so uh, definitely a good safe pick right there Jibs uh, and then we're coming at number five here in the Cincinnati Bengals this is where they traded down in our you know GM Jesse uh, why don't you t- fill us in why you made the trade down and why you made your pick at number five well I if I had money in the game I'm not entirely sure if I would have pulled the trigger on this <laughs> But given the fact that this was a fun little exercise, I I just thought to move down a few picks in the first round, get another one, and then get a first round pick in 2021, I just thought, you know, I I don't, I like what the Dolphins have done in the offseason and and the kind of culture they've started to create, but I still don't think they're going to suddenly take the next step 
and make a big jump up. And I don't think the uh, Bengals are either. And so I just thought I would probably get a decent pick in 2021 as well. And that the Bengals might need that. And that being said, I thought this was a great idea until I real, just realized seconds ago that I would have to pronounce uh, Tua's full name on a live podcast. Um, <laughs> so with the, the fifth pick, the Bengals select Tua Tagavailoa. It's a great pronunciation. I would have said that. Definitely a good pick there. Huge fan of Tua. He's number one on my quarterback board there. So, uh, But coming in at number six now, the... Los Angeles Chargers, our owner Jared, who's a fan favorite local guy to an extent there, uh, he comes in with a sixth pick now. And Jared, why don't you tell us where your team went? Well, we went big ugly, and we went Mackay Becton out of Louisville, watched some film against Notre Dame and Clemson, and really kept quarterback's jersey clean in those two games against elite pass rushers. 6'7", 365, runs a 5.140. He's got some pass pro things that he needs to fix, but along with Trey Turner and Brian Balaga, I think that allows Tyrod Taylor to stay upright if they choose to stay with Tyrod, or maybe um, Telesco takes a quarterback in the third round, or maybe they make a deal um, before the season starts. So we're we're getting the big uglies uh, ready to go so Eckler and, and company can have a, have a good season and, and the quarterback can stay clean at SoFi. Yes. Hopefully he can keep the uh, – hopefully he doesn't get drug tested again because I know there was some concerns about that. I know this pick was made very early, but there was concerns about that recently in, in the uh, news. So hopefully he's okay when you guys uh, bring him into camp this offseason. Uh, but coming at number seven I think was a pretty big – I think great overall steal. And, Ryan, you had that pick there. Tell us who it was. Yeah, we were surprised completely that he made it to seven. Um, he's – Isaiah Simmons, I'll put that out there. Pretty obvious, he's an extreme athlete. <clears throat> when you watch him at the Combine, he made it look like a playground, realistically. Just out there having fun. Um, realistically, the only issue I see or could find is, I don't know if the new Panthers coaching staff, I haven't looked too much into it, but they need to develop him in the correct position. Um, he's such a good player that he can be placed pretty much anywhere. So I'm not saying to get him stuck in one position, but make sure that he's solidified as a certain position rather than just flying all over the place. And I think it'll be a steal no matter what in the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, this guy can literally do it all, and you can literally place him where you have you know the Panthers need a player at the time. So definitely love the pick with Simmons there. But coming to number eight now, uh, we had the Arizona Cardinals team on the rise this offseason here now, and. They got a position that was a much needed uh, for this team here. And Jesse, I believe you had this pick here. So tell us about this pick. Yeah, absolutely. I, just to give a little bit of background, was not pleased with the pick that just went right ahead of me. I will say that because I, I love Isaiah Simmons. But that being said, I knew the, the Cardinals really needed offensive line help. And I think Tristan Wirfs will provide that, you know, especially with the young, you know, the, all the draft capital that they have into you know, Kyler Murray and all the offensive pieces they have added in the offseason has really just shown me that, you know, if, if they can solidify this offensive line, this team could take the next step. And I think they've obviously made a concerted effort to, you know, really boost that side of the ball. So I just couldn't pass up, you know, getting that upgrade for offensive line 
at this point in the draft. Definitely. Um, and with the, I think Murray was sacked, I think, 48 times this past offseason. You really can't have that for how small he is. And, you know, you just can't have that kind of mental to strain on a quarterback to get sacked so much. So definitely a, a smart pick there. Um, then we're coming in at Jacksonville Jaguars, and they picked the knee pick, and I think it was a pretty good pick overall, and a pretty guy who kind of fell a little bit in this draft, I think. Uh, Tyler, that was your pick. Why don't you tell us who that was? Yeah, so um, Jacksonville was, what, 28th against the run last year, gave up like 140 yards on the on the ground every game. Uh, Derek Brown was my guy here. He's six foot five, 320-plus pounds, you know. Uh, very disruptive in there. I remember one game against LSU, right at the end of the first quarter against Damian Lewis, he just gets up under and pushes him straight back into Burrow to get a sack um, in their, from their two-yard line, I believe. Just a big, physical guy. Um, I love this guy right here. Yeah, and it was a guy that, you know, once you trade Clay as Campbell away, they needed a front se- they needed a guy in the front seven there, and his team needs to rebuild after, you know, this defense disappearing after 2017. So definitely love the pick there. And coming in at number 10, finally, here, we have the Cleveland Browns. And I believe, Jesse, you were up again. You had a lot of, uh, you know, kind of just it is what it is picks here. Smart picks, though. Um, and why don't you tell us about the Cleveland Browns pick? Yeah, so similar to, uh, I just realized not a whole lot of my picks were all that sexy. But <laughs> um, that being said, you know, Baker took a big step back last year, but I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was seeing ghosts as, uh, as was, uh, you know, the, the, the quote from, was it, was that Sam Darnold? It was Sam Darnold. Yeah. 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 So I think he was seeing ghosts too. And I think it really affected his footwork and everything else. You know, everything kind of just sped up for him and it was just, you know, bad from the get-go and I think that really impacted his uh development and and that you know made him take a step back and so I took Anthony Thomas with uh uh Georgia and the reason I'm not gonna profess to be some offensive line guru by any stretch of the imagination but I did noticed that I think he was pro football focuses top overall rated offensive lineman coming out of this draft, which I thought was interesting because he, I didn't see him as the top offensive lineman for on many people's big board. So I thought he was probably the next best available guy. And especially if they're going to hold on to the offensive pieces and then they just added, you know, the tight end, you know boosted with uh, Austin Hooper so I think if they don't get rid of OBJ they're really going to need to boost that offensive line this offseason to try to get this offense back to where they were a couple years ago yeah this is a this is an offense that is ready I think to win now um they just need to protect Baker and he needs to get his confidence back up so definitely a, a definitely a real smart pick there and now we're up to the New York Jets, you know, the, oh, the Jets. Um, Jibs had to unfortunately deal with this pick here. Coach Jibs, um, how, how are we going to fix the Jets? Yeah, you really can't fix the Jets in a <laughs> one-day period. But to start it off, man, like Sam Darnold, he, he's a good player in my eyes. I don't know about everyone else's estimates, but there, there's a problem that needs to be fixed, whether it's Adam Gase, the coach, or – just offensive philosophies, but just to upgrade the offensive room, I selected Jerry Judy 
Uh, there's, there's plenty of wide receivers in this draft class that could have fit the bill. Either C.D. Lamb or Jerry would have been picked for me either if they were both there. But I, I just think Sam needs to get some weapons, some real weapons, some with high pedigree. Jamison Crowder is not going to be cutting it. He's getting a little bit older. I think he's 27 years old when the season starts. Rashard Perryman has been a journeyman wide receiver. We just lost Robbie Anderson, so I know we need offensive line help. We did upgrade that with uh, Joe Douglas in the free agency period, but just for this pick, I think I need to get a wide receiver. We got to see if Sam's a real deal or not. We got to earn his bread. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I'm a little higher on C.D. Lamb, but Judy is definitely considered also to be the top wide receiver in this class, and you just need to get Sam Donald weapons to do something. Unfortunately, they have Adam Gase. <laughs> Uh, he isn't really much of a coach, but uh, yeah, you get yourself a top tier wide receiver that you know Sam Donald desperately hasn't had in his real his career there in New York. So, uh, and this looks like it started a trend of wide wide receivers. Uh, actually, the next four picks, I believe, three of them are wide receivers here now, and I believe the Las Vegas Raiders actually took a a similar approach with uh, Jared here, the uh, owner. Why don't you tell us about that pick, Jared? Well, to, to make this announcement, I have a special guest. It's Coach Gruden with a face mask on. <laughs> hey, guys, how you doing, man? I'm coming from Blue Diamond, Nevada, man, with my face mask on. And we're excited, man, to, to draft C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. This guy fits what Mariota and Carr are going to be able to do. He can run shallow crossers, jet sweeps. Oh, man, he can run after the catch, man. Which you need when you got car throat and toting the rock. Knock if you're with me. Anyway, man, I'm excited that we can open up the field for Jacobs and Waller. I'm gonna go jump back in the pool, man. That's the Raiders ready at Allegiant Stadium. All right, thanks, John. Uh, thanks, well, Tiger, like... YZ banana. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Gruden. We appreciate you coming on the show. We always, you know, fan favorite of ours. You know, uh, now that's great. <laughs> And then we go pick 13 here, lucky 13, the San Francisco 49ers. We're so close to a Super Bowl victory, uh, but now they need to retool and try to make another attempt at that. And, Ryan, you had that pick here, so why don't you tell us who they're joining? Yeah, so we were kind of, you know, a little bit rubbed the wrong way when C.D. Lamb was just taken. They had him as the number one wide receiver, even above Jerry Judy. But, like Jib said earlier, there's plenty of wide receivers in this draft class that can can fit the bill. Um, we pick Henry Ruck, or yeah, Henry Ruck. Sorry, the third, uh, very very fast. I think he ran a four two seven at the combine. Um, great route runner, and he's a tough player. There's a couple things he can work on, but as a whole, he should be a very coachable wide receiver for the 49ers. No, definitely someone you can't teach speed to. Uh, they can use him all kinds of ways in that field there, mixing him with Kittle and uh, Debo. So definitely, definitely a pick that you can kind of just maneuver around that field. And they're gonna need they need speed on that on that offense. So definitely great pick right there. And then you actually came back with another pick because you're <laughs> another GM for other teams, and it looks like you made a big trade here. And it was the Green Bay Packers, and maybe you might refresh my memory on actually what the trade was, but I believe you moved up from the. 30th pick overall and you jumped them all the way up to 14 and switched with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you colluded with your own team there but (laughs) you moved the Green Bay Packers up here and uh, why don't you tell us about why you did that and who they took so I I want to you know I don't know I don't know if it's collusion I'll throw that out there but um, I did do the trade um realistically the way it turned out is I wanted with the Bucks being at 
14, I really wanted them to get um, one of the best linemen that were available. And in my opinion, when it came to that point, there were no linemen. So we looked at trading down. Um, There were no other teams willing to trade down. So that's when I saw that Justin Herbert was still available. Um, Green Bay Packers picked up the phone, did some calls, did some trades. And now they're at 14, selecting Justin Herbert. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking that's crazy, but the one thing I thought about is Green Bay Packers have always had their franchise quarterback. Even when they drafted Aaron uh, Rodgers, albeit it was late in the first, uh, it was frowned upon. People were confused, blah, 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 but it ended up working out in the end. Justin Herbert's good. He's tall. And he's more athletic than I personally thought he would be after I saw some highlights in film and even the combine, even though the combine doesn't show full play speed. Um, The one thing that I worried about that I saw just, I think, a week ago before I even did this trade, or after, rather, um, I think he threw like a quarter of, of his throws were screens, which is somewhat of an issue. I think the closest quarterback to that was... Kyler Murray the year before at 18% of throws, if I'm not mistaken, might be a little bit off, but it's it's around that general area. So could be a little bit of a jump to Aaron Jones here in a couple years, but realistically, I, I don't like seeing that, but I think it's a great pick for a franchise quarterback of the future. If that happens, Aaron Rodgers' gonna, ego is going to be hurt so bad. <laughs> so bad. I know. I, I think agree you're with love that. You think you're going to love it? Is that what you said? Green. I think Herbert's gonna would 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 be really a great pick there for the Packers if they choose to get him. Um, I mean, he doesn't have the receivers that those other guys have, and his best playmaker got injured in the middle of the year as a tight end. So, um, you know, if you give him LSU's guys or Alabama's guys, I'm sure he would improve on 32 touchdowns and six picks. Sure. I don't know. It it definitely was a, a a different pick. I wanted to spice some things up, but in the end. As outlandish as it is, I could see it working out. Yeah, no, the draft needed some spice to it. I like like trades. Um, you know, like I said Rogers won't be happy, but I think Green Bay is making a smart move because I believe Rogers is what thirty seven now. I mean, he's not a guy I, who I could see playing into his mid forties like Brady. I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Aaron Rodgers retire within the next two years. Um, exactly. So getting a guy like Herbert, letting him sit behind him for a couple years, do the Aaron Rodgers kind of mold. Uh, I guess this is as good as ever, and you don't have to get him as a high pick either. You got him later, and he doesn't cost you like as much, from like five to like fourteen. So, yeah. definitely a smart pick there. And then we're going back to the Denver Broncos now, and they continued a trend that was very early on in this uh, game here. And Jared, you had that pick there. Who did they pick up? Went with Justin Jefferson from LSU, big time player and big games uh, for the, the champion Tigers. Um, you know, I saw a lot of comparisons in film with Mike Thomas. I know that's a, that's a really lofty one, but they do both play in the bayou. And he actually, with some of his uh, intermediate routes, really looks a lot like Keenan Allen. Precise. He comes back in the digs and the curls. Um, and he's a big game player. I, I think it's a little early for Jefferson. Um, I think they were maybe trying to move him. To, I know Philadelphia would be a great spot for a guy like Jefferson. Um, but I think Locke would love throwing not only to Sutton uh, and to Fant, but then you add Jefferson, and that AFC West uh, receiving core really gets uh, rounded out really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's a great pick. Uh, he can play in the slot if he has to, too, which would be great for this team. Uh, they just need to get another weapon for Drew Locke, um, even if he's not the future or not. Uh, Jefferson is, you know, 
11, you know, 111 receptions this past season. I mean, this guy knows how to catch the ball. So uh, they need a wide receiver. They need offensive weapons. So definitely a good pick for the Broncos there. Uh, they could have also gone with this possible next pick as well, but uh, the Atlanta Falcons took them. I think it was a great pick for them. I believe, Kevin, that was your pick there. So tell us who the Atlanta Falcons drafted. Okay, so I only have two picks in this whole draft, but I just made sure to make them count. Um, I ended up taking C.J. Henderson for the Atlanta Falcons with the 16th pick. Um, he's such a good cornerback. There's talk about him potentially even being stretched into the top 10, and the Falcons really need some feet. Deep help. Um, their defense was just awful for the most part of the last season. They'll get Keanu Neal back if they can add in CJ Henderson with their offense. I think they're going to be in a really strong position. Yeah, definitely. Henderson is a guy right now in NFL drafts, real drafts, that are he's kind of rising up boards. Uh, really strong cornerback uh, that I think Atlanta desperately needs in this uh, you know pretty uh, star powered wide receiver division now uh, in the NFC South. So they need to get in as many corners as possible uh, to hang around with his receiver so great pick there as well but we're halfway through the draft guys and now we're on to the back half here now and coach jibs you're back up on the clock here with the dallas cowboys your hated enemies of the eagles but who did you pick for them oh yeah i picked trayvon Diggs. you know um uh i did pick this pretty early in the morning unfortunately so i didn't really uh know like all the ins and outs i should uh listen to coach kbh and pick the better cornerback but i picked trayvon Diggs. you know Every draft needs a person to mess up, and I did reach a little bit, but I think Trayvon Diggs is a big cornerback who's very athletic. He has speed to match some of these cornerbacks, and some of the wide receivers that are in the NFL nowadays. Sure, he has some um, nine lapses in the secondary. He's quick to react to plays, but I think with good coaching under Mark McCarthy <laughs> that he can be turned into a phenomenal player to replace Byron Jones. I mean, I said they needed a need replacement for Brian Jones for sure. Uh, Diggs is definitely a guy who could step up and be really a real strong corner for them. So, you know, but guys, always remember, don't make your NFL draft picks or your fantasy football picks at 7 in the morning sometimes because <laughs> it will come back and bite you at some point. <laughs> uh, but we're Only going... waivers at 5. <laughs> Only waivers at 5. That's what I do. But we're on the pick 18 now, and Cincinnati Bengals claimed a second pick from their trade back from the Miami Dolphins. And, Jesse, that was you. Uh, where did you go with that 18th pick? Yeah, so remember when I said I wasn't an offensive line guru? <laughs> yes. So I decided to take another offensive lineman. Um, I think that the Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals have done quite a bit this offseason to improve the defense, and I think they still could use a little bit of help. And, and this guy, Isaiah Wilson, out of uh, Georgia is who I took. This guy is massive. 6'7", 340". I mean, this guy is just uh, a mammoth of a man and brings a, a ton of power. And And I think from what I've read, his technique still could use some refinement. But again, I think the Bengals really could use some offensive line help. And I was kind of in a similar situation to whoever it was that discussed earlier that said the offensive linemen were kind of falling off and they wanted to trade back. I was kind of in a similar situation here with the Bengals, but I, I figured I would just take who I thought was the best, next best available offensive lineman. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, the Bengals definitely need some offensive line help. They were one of the worst offensive lines in football last year. I believe they are getting their first round pick in last year's draft back too. So uh, getting another guy to protect Joe Burrow and protect the 
whoever the running back is, maybe Mixon is there. As we all know, he's on a uh, holdout possibly, so maybe it's Gio Bernard. Who knows? Uh, so definitely a, a need pick there for the Bengals, especially just picking up an extra pick for no reason. So definitely uh, – not Joe DeBro, I'm sorry. T- t- uh, Tua. They have drafted Tua. <laughs> I'm thinking the real NFL draft, guys. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But, no, definitely a really strong <laughs> pick. <laughs> Uh, and then we come up to pick 19 there, and the Las Vegas Raiders is up again. Uh, Jared, will we be seeing uh, Coach Gruden again for this pick? Uh, no, I think he went to the pool. Oh, I'm not God. sure where, where he went. Uh, but uh, the Raiders decided to go on defense this time, you know, playing in the AFC West with really, you know, physical receivers and tight ends that, like, that uh, Kelsey and, and Hunter Henry, who play a lot like wide receivers, they selected Christian Fulton out of LSU. His vitals compare favorably to Brian uh, Jones. He led uh, the Tigers in pass breakups. Doesn't have the best hands. He only had one pick. Uh, but that worked out for Jones pretty well. So being able, they were disappointed not getting Henderson. I think that's who they were hoping for. I know Mayock was pretty upset about that. But they'll settle and be really happy with Christian Fulton at Louisiana State. Yeah. Definitely a real strong pick there. I mean, you did um, a really good job with the Raiders there getting two very strong value picks that they desperately needed on this team on both sides of the ball there. So love the Raiders picks on that. Uh, But we're going over to pick 20 now, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are up once again, and they decided to stick on the switch side of the ball and go back on the offensive side of the ball this time. And, Tyler, that was your pick. So tell us who the Jacksonville Jaguars selected. Yeah, so we went with uh, LaVisca Chenault here. I didn't quite expect the wide receiver run that happened earlier, but I'm still okay with Chenault here. Uh, Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They need some more weapons for Gardner. I think uh, his main guy is Chark right now. Uh, you've got uh, Westbrook down there too, but they don't really have that many options, and there's talks of Fournette being shopped around right now. So uh, I think you definitely need something uh, for him to somebody else for him to get the ball to. He can move around. He's a pretty good playmaker. He just needs uh, needs some more playmakers to throw to. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Chanel is a guy who's real big. Definitely has a great crutch radius. Can do a lot of different things on that field. Uh, especially he did everything in Colorado. So uh, real interesting prospect. A little bit of an injury concern, but uh, this guy, if he can stay healthy, he can do a lot of great things uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, offense there. So definitely a solid pick there, Tyler. And then we're up to the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly for Mr. Coach Jibs here. Uh, he went with a pick that I think he really likes here. So Jibs, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, just like Tyler said, man, I was – so surprised at the wide receiver run. Like I thought even Justin Jefferson yeah. would be there, and I just had to just run on it. So I took Denzel Mims. Uh, he's a fairly big wide receiver. I think he's a nice little talented wide receiver that no one's getting. He's not getting that much talk about just because of other prolific wide receivers that they're in this class as well. But the Eagles need a wide receiver bad, a young one, so Carson Wentz could grow up and mature, develop with them. And Alshon Jeffries old and fragile. Deshaun Jackson's old and fragile. So we see what our young wide receivers didn't do on the field. Um, and we need a new one. So I'm not having Rosen, but this is the best I could do. <laughs> if you were, you would be up there right now. That's the case. So, but no, uh, there's definitely a need pick for you know an Eagles team that has Deshaun Jackson who just can't stay on the field. And Alshon Jeffries, I think at this point is just on a huge decrease, a uh, regression actually on his career at this point. So they definitely need to bring a new fresh blood in here. 
uh, hopefully to pair up with uh, JJ Sega Whiteside. So uh, definitely a solid pick there, two chips. And then we're on pick 22. Uh, this wasn't supposed to be my pick, but I took it anyway. The Minnesota Vikings on the clock. I uh, made two picks here, and I had the first one at 22 here. And I decided to go defense position here and took an edge rusher in um, A.J. Espina. Um, really like this guy here out of Iowa State. Um, I think it's Iowa State, right? Uh, no, Iowa, guys. I'm sorry. Iowa. Um, you know, back-to-back 10-plus sack seasons. Uh, they definitely needed to build this defensive team back up here. Uh, there was a chance we could have went wide receiver, but so many wide receivers went off the board this early. I didn't see a need at that point to reach for one. So I took a defensive player who I think will be real solid for this uh, this defense and rebuild it and get themselves back on the division leaderboard here and try to make a run for the Super Bowl while they have a, uh, a pretty good team overall. So I went with the edge rusher here. And now we're on pick 20. Three here, the evil New England Patriots. Maybe I'm being biased, guys. Who knows? But um, they're back on the clock here on the new pre, oh, post Brady now. And Danny, which direction did the New England Patriots go here? The New England Patriots uh, tried to bluff every other owner in the league and say, we're going to take Jonathan Taylor. Um, we're just crazy enough to do it because, you know, who knows what we're doing. Nobody bit. Um, so we didn't get to trade back, which would have been uh, the true Patriots thing to do. But instead, we noticed that uh, a top 10 talent had dropped all the way here to number 23, and we took the violent hands of Javon Kinlaw. Um, the guy is just absolutely explosive off the line of scrimmage. He can play anywhere on the defensive line. Being that we lost a couple key defensive linemen uh, um, to free agency, uh, we decided to pull the trigger here on what was a no-brainer talent in Javon Kinlaw and keep that dangerous defense alive in New England. No, definitely. Definitely a real solid pick for something New England would do. Take a guy who falls in drafts and take advantage of good value there for a defensive need that they lost this offseason here. Guy fell, I think, mostly because of due to his, I think, uh, something to do with his technique a little bit there. But uh, I think overall, definitely a, a real good value pick this late in the draft here. No doubt, and I think when it comes to uh, technique, that's something that Belichick isn't afraid uh, to look past. Uh, I think what he's looking more for is uh, raw football sense. With J- Javon Kinlaw, just has you know his uh, desire to just get after the ball, and anyone who has it isn't really something that can be taught. That is just natural football instinct, and that with his you know natural ability and uh, aggression is key for what the Patriots try to do on the defensive side of the ball. Could not agree more with you that on that, Danny. And now we're on pick 24. We're breezing through this, guys. I'm real, I'm real happy. Um, New Orleans Saints are back on the clock here. Uh, Coach Jibs went a completely uh, different direction on what this team's looking for for their future and now. And Jibs, why don't you tell us about that? So, yeah, I just feel like Drew Brees, like, he's 40 years old. Come on, like, I know he's not a Tom Brady, so we need to address the position. Sooner than later, I think my coach, Sean Payton, is an offensive genius, and he can groom a quarterback very dramatically. So we're going to select Jordan Love. He has a very good arm. I believe we can coach him up, get the accuracy up, and then develop him to be a future steady quarterback to replace our Hall of Fame quarterback currently. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Jordan Love has tremendous potential. He also has a big downsize to his uh, decision making. Um, but this now this guy has all the tools to be an NFL quarterback, and being linked up with Sean Payne and Andrew Brees, I think will be good for his career to sit for the next year or two. So definitely, uh, you got your franchise quarterback. Hopefully for the post Drew Brees era. Love that pick. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And I hate that pick. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you, you, you were kind of screaming on. Honestly, I think the Saints, though, are the – if I had to choose one landing spot for Jordan Love, it would be the Saints. And it would also – my second choice would probably be somebody like Indianapolis, you know, somewhere where he can sit behind a a veteran for a year but also go to a great offensive mind and really utilize what his skills and his upside brings and maybe find a way to refine some of those – natural risk taking things away from his game and and just you know mold him into uh the guy that they want him to be uh yeah i i can't think of many better situations that he could go to than the saints i i totally agree with that point my my comfort jordan love has been eli manning um i think that he's uh quick to read um the situation uh as was said earlier, doesn't always make the best decision. Um, I think that sitting behind a, a quarterback for, you know, a year would help him sort of see what the pace of an NFL game looked like and allow him to refine that skill set. But I think that all the the natural fundamentals are there for Jordan Love. And when you pair that, you know, with a big arm like he's got, I think that he could be a really fundamentally sound quarterback for a franchise for many years i just think the decision making has to get there well they'd have three quarterbacks that they'd have uh there and obviously you can have three i just i don't know i'm not buying this kid i I saw a lot of footage against really good teams and like we mentioned in a couple pods uh, i mean he hasn't beaten a team when he wasn't the favorite and he's 0-4 against ranked teams I don't know if he's a winner, but if you play with Drew and you learn how to play, you know, he didn't play against great competition when he did play in that Mountain West. And I hope that he does well. Seems like a great kid. I just, I'm just not buying it. But uh, if anybody can turn somebody into an adequate or better player, it's Sean Payton. Yeah, that's very true. I just feel like Josh Allen didn't come from like a powerhouse conference either. Probably much the same issues, good arm strength. Just kind of, I don't know if his accuracy is that well, but I just feel like Josh Allen is a hot commodity now. They, they kind of coached him up, and I don't think Sean McDermott's an offensive guru by any means, but anything can happen in the NFL. No, definitely a great pick there. Great uh, great uh, takes on those guys. Uh, love that. I'm uh, now going to pick 25 now. Minnesota Vikings again back on the clock. Of course, I had that pick there. And I kept myself on the defensive side of the ball once again. I could have went wide receiver. I thought about it. I just, they still have so much need, especially in that secondary after losing Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes this offseason here. They need to get a guy in the, in the secondary here. And I went with Jeff Gladly at a TCU. Um, real strong career, you know. I thought he was really good against coverages. Um, you know, kind of did a little bit of everything on the board there. He's a guy I think will be real strong for this team, a little lengthy and, and skinny. But uh, overall, I think he um, was a, just a great pick for this team here to get some kind of need and fill in for that, that secondary. 
And then we're on pick 25. And again, my Miami Dolphins are back on the clock again. And I had a guy who fell, and I probably could have took this route with Minnesota. Wasn't trying to hide him, guys, at all. Just kind of forgot he was there on the board still. I thought he was already gone. But um, uh, Kayvon um, Cherson, probably saying his name a little bit wrong there, but uh, he is the edge rusher from uh, LSU, uh, 6'4", 250, uh, a guy who can just just get to the football, uh, get to the quarterback, great uh, tackles for loss over his career. He had 13 this past season, 16, six and a half sacks. Uh, Miami, even though they bought a lot of free agents in the defensive side of the ball, continue I think continues to need to build up that front seven. I think they have a great uh, secondary, which they're probably addressing the second round, hopefully. Uh, but again, continuing to build up that defensive line is a huge thing. They were really bad against the rush this past season, and they weren't. They didn't get a lot of sacks this past year. They didn't really have a guy who got over, I think, ten sacks this past season that could change easily. I think this is a guy who kind of has top fifteen talent who fell to them for twenty six. I really love the pick there. I like that pick as well. I think Clavon Chason is one of the most polarizing guys in this draft. I think that there's a group of um, NFL minds that have him as like a top 10 talent. And I think that there's another group of NFL minds that have him like outside their top 40. I mean, I'm going to be so interested uh, to see where this guy goes. Um, Had uh, Javon Kinlaw not been on the board for the Patriots, I think uh, Chason would have been a great fit in uh, the Patriots scheme, and uh, I think I think you're dead on. He's going to be a monster at uh, stopping the run. Definitely. Thank you for that. Take appreciate that. And now we're on pick 27. Uh, Seattle Seahawks on the clock here. They have some needs, not many, but they have some. And Jarrett, you had that pick there. Uh, which direction did they go? Uh, well, I mean, I. I... Uh, listening to media reports out of Seattle, they really uh, were hoping for the guy that was just picked ahead of them. Um, but they were really excited about Zach Bound or Bond. I'm sorry on the pronunciation from Wisconsin, six three. Uh, I know that Seattle played more four three than they've ever played under Norton, uh, but he can move between a three four and four three pretty fluidly. Uh, I know that he wasn't even invited to the first round, um, but. Uh, the the things that I'm hearing is that his ability to jump around in coverage and stopping run uh, was something that they were really impressed with. You know, he can help spy on Kyler Murray when they play them, uh, and he can match up a little bit and in, in match up with George Kittle and some of those guys uh, in San Francisco. Uh, I really like this kid. I know he tested for a diluted sample, uh, but it doesn't count against the collective bargaining agreement, so I think that uh, Pete can chew gum a little bit softer knowing that he gets this guy. Yeah, no, definitely like this pick. I think this uh, I think Zach's a little underrated here because I believe there are two other linebackers who a lot of people have above him, but I think this guy could be the real deal and I think a great addition to Seattle's team that's been very successful over the years with defensive players. So definitely a solid pick here. And now we're up to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the most electric, one of the electric, electrifying teams last year in the NFL. Uh, Kevin, that was your pick, and you went, uh, looks like the defensive side of the ball. Who did they go with? That's right. So I went with Patrick Queen at linebacker. I think the Ravens have a really, really well-rounded roster. And if you look at the who they're lacking, I think maybe an inside linebacker, and I think Patrick Queen really fits the bill. Um, he's fast and physical, but his, uh, his vision is really what sets him apart. Um, he manages to get into gaps, um, stuff up tackles really well, um, and really just plays with a physical 
aspect around his game. So I think he'll be a maybe not a day one starter, but probably um, in this defense and really hopefully for the Ravens push them back into the playoff. Yeah, no, uh, Patrick Queen, uh, real smart linebacker, and I think something that he could end up being a, a true like captain for this defense in the future. So. Uh, really like this guy's talent here. I think he's a great pick there. Smart guy. Uh, will always like a smart football player over any a guy who maybe just has raw talent because I think a smart football player knows how to build off what he's able to do sometimes. So love that pick. Uh, now we're on pick 29, guys. We're almost done here. The Tennessee Titans. This was the last pick that we actually know about. And Tyler, this was yours. Looks like you filled a big need for this Titans uh, team. So tell us who that was. Yeah, so I went with uh, Austin Jackson here out of USC. Um Let's see, six foot five, uh, big guy. He's very athletic. I think he played in all of his games through the three years as well, so there's not really much injury concern there. Um, he could use a little bit of work with his technique, but I think they could shouldn't be too much uh, of a problem to clean up. And if they're going to stick with Derrick Henry, if, if, if he's going to stay there, um, definitely need some help and to help him run game and a little bit of protection for Tannehill so he can get his get the balls there. Guys like AJ and uh, well, Corey, Davis, Corey Davis, if he ever pans out. Yeah, no. Um, they said they lost, uh, I think, Coughlin this offseason to um, to Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, Austin mm-hmm. Jackson, uh, I think he's a really good, solid overall tackle position. I think they filled a need with go- without going for another direction that he probably didn't have. I know wide receiver was something they really, a lot of people seem to want to go after for, but I like the offensive side. Just go for a pick that it's a necessary need right now. And now we're on pick 30, and now at this point, guys, no one really knows who the hell they're going to pick at this point. It looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock after trading way down in this draft here. Uh, Ryan, that's your pick. Who are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking? So, I'm going to pass on a couple people. I think there'll be a surprise here. The Buccaneers are going to draft J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State University running back, um, I personally have him as the number one running back in the draft, and I know a lot of people don't have that, but um, when I watch him, I see a strong runner that's quick. His burst is is, is amazing. The one thing I like about him is his uh, pass blocking is better than a lot of the running backs in the draft class. So for Brady, I think that's going to be a necessity and something that he wants out of his running back. Um, he runs low, and his shoulder pads are square. He's just a quick, all-around, in my opinion, just a great running back. I, I truly wouldn't be surprised if he he goes ahead. Um, maybe not Jonathan Taylor. That might that might surprise me a little bit too much, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes ahead of Swift, no doubt. Do you want to write the rest of my JKR, uh, J.K. Dobbins spotlight article for me? <laughs> <laughs> if that's a serious question, I'll look into it. <laughs> no, I'm just, I love Dobbins. I, I hope he goes to Miami. <sighs> yeah, but that's that's who we're going with. Like I said, might uh might surprise a few people to to pass up Jonathan Taylor or even DeAndre Swift, but I'm I'm going with J.K. Dobbins for the Bucks. Yeah, no, solid pick there, Ryan. Overall, love it for the uh, the Bucks. They need this uh, extra weapon here for Brady. Um, but now we're on pick 31, guys, and the San Francisco 49ers again, once again on the clock. And Ryan, again, you have this pick again. Uh, new, Indeed. Who do we I have do. here? Sorry to cut you off. No, oh, no worries. Go ahead. Um. So. I decided with this one just to play it safe. Um, it might be known as a reach, but with um, a lot of the linemen going out pretty pretty quick in the draft, it's hard to get the best there, obviously. But 
the San Francisco 49ers are going with Caesar Ruiz, um, Michigan inside uh, offensive lineman, 6'3", 307, um, not amazing size, definitely not a behemoth on the field. But he's, he will definitely sure up the uh, the center position, I think, is where they would like to put him because looking into the 49ers, I believe that Weston Richburg had a pretty serious injury that might not be able to come back from. Um, and shoring up that inside line will definitely help him out in the long run. I know that um, they do need secondary. I was really looking at secondary for this as well. But I decided to shore up that offensive line and, and go with Cesar Ruiz. Uh, physical center who at the end of the last two years became one of the best linemen in the Big Ten. So, like I said, might be a reach, but I think a solid player nonetheless. I think at this point in the draft, I don't think it's considered much of a reach. I think he was projected to go in the top, you know, first half of the second round at least. So, you know, maybe a small reach. But overall, I think you're getting a player who will help this run team even be better than what they were this past season. You help protect Jimmy G. Uh, which is necessary to do. I uh, think it was a smart uh, overall pick on that 49ers there. And then we're at the last pick of the first round, guys. Sad day now, but the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, are on the clock. Jared, this was your pick. Uh, who are the Chiefs doing to get another repeat run? Well, it came down to Swift uh, and a defensive back, um, and I really think that Kansas City is going to select A.J. Terrell uh, out of Clemson. I, I know that he was lit up by Jamar Chase in that title game, but Chase is probably going to be a top-two receiver taken next year. Um, but 26 breakups, six picks. You can press coverage. He can be a guy that can match up with Tyrell Williams and Cortland Sutton and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in that division and, and do really well. He's super athletic, and he's a proven winner. And so he, he mixes up pretty well with Matthew and some of the DBs they have there. So that's who Kansas City wraps up the first round with. Yeah, awesome. That's great. Now, definitely a great pick. I think this is a guy who has first-round talent. You got him at the end of the first round. Uh, they definitely need to keep up with that, um, you know, the AFC West, you know, with now what C.D. Lamb's there now. You have Keenan Allen and whatnot. You have, you know, Quentin Sutton and now Henry Ruggs. Definitely. Uh, oh, Jefferson. No, Henry Ruggs. No, Jefferson. Jefferson now. So, yeah, definitely a smart pick for them to uh, reboot that uh, defense up again. So, But uh, that is the NFL draft, guys, that we came up with for the fantasy coaches. Maybe it will pan out. Maybe if, we, if it does, maybe we all should be draft uh, analysts at that point then for real. Um, so we appreciate you guys all for listening today. As always, guys, please go check out the Fantasy Coaches website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. We have all of our team's articles. You know, we have – our live streams, we have these podcasts, we have uh, rankings, which we're hopefully going to get more guys on and involved. Uh, we had a couple other things on there too, so go check us out. We really appreciate you guys for listening today. Um, hopefully, we'll be live on the NFL Draft, so we'll give you guys more details on that if you want to hear. And we thank you guys for listening today, and enjoy the rest of your guys' day. Have a great one, guys.